Welcome tonight. Welcome to Church Online and welcome to Golden Triangle Church on the Rock and specifically to Life Shape Prayer and Discipleship. And tonight we are in our 13th week and I'm amazed how fast time is flying, uh, but uh, we're putting together a strategic step-by-step approach to discipleship. As I've said before and some of you have heard, it would not be good enough just to drive by a vacant lot and pitch out building material onto that lot uh, without having some strategy as to what went next. If you, uh, you know, went to a house that you were building on a lot that you were building a house and, and, you know, you took a bunch of windows and just, you know, set them up out there, (laughs) uh, okay, that's probably not what you start with, you know, and it wouldn't do any good just to run by, you know, and throw out a box of nails, even though nails are going to be needed. But nails are needed at a specific time and, and you know, uh, windows at a specific time and doors and sheetrock. If you carried sheetrock out and set it on your job, you know, it might be, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, three months before you get to the place where you needed it. And when you needed it, 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 it might not be serviceable. And that's the way it is with so much of God's Word. Do you know the Word of God is specifically designed to grow us? The Word of God is specifically designed to build us up. And so many times we just, uh, you know, indiscriminately go here or there. And even though we may be getting the Word of God, you know, that yet there is a next word for you. There is a specific word for you. It's like having, the the Bible is like having a medicine chest. In fact, sometimes, many times I have heard the Word of God referred to, the gospel referred to as God's pills. Godspell, you know, I know it's a play on words. It only works in America and uh, our English speaking countries, but I've heard that. And it's like having a medicine chest, you know, of, 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 of wonderful applications of correction and healing and instruction. But do you know you need the right one for your situation? Uh, I submit to you that, that uh, you know, doctors are, are, are wonderful, but uh, if, if you go to the doctor with a headache, you certainly hope that he doesn't cut your big toenail out. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, okay, cutting a big toenail out might be a remedy for something, but it probably is not the remedy, you know, for, uh, for uh, whatever you might have, you know. You understand what I'm saying? Just because you have a remedy that is a valuable and viable remedy for one thing does not mean that, uh, that it's what you need to apply to your particular situation. That's why it's important to know the difference between a description of what God did in someone else's life and a prescription for what he wants to do in your life. More than just living off of the testimonies of others, which are valuable words, and, and more than just running to the Word of God and playing Bible roulette, you know, you can just, you know, mm, you know, uh, and uh, he fell headlong down and his bowels burst asunder. Okay? Okay. Go thou and do likewise. Okay? More than that, what we really do need is a strategic approach to building our lives. And so that's why we have, again, entered into a time of discipleship here in our church. You know, we're, we've been given to discipleship for a, a, a great while, but we have taken the whole year, 2013, and we have decided to strategically approach the Word of God and break down the Word of God into... Uh, strategic lessons, things that every believer should know. We began 13 weeks ago on the first week of January teaching block number one of the first module. The module was a module about redemption. And in that first 12 lessons, we taught all the way from God 
all the way through what sin did. Y'all remember what sin does? What does sin do? Sin separates. Sin separated man from man. Sin separated man from God. Sin separated man from the blessings of God. And sin separated man from eternity. Sin separates. And uh, we, we taught that. And what does sin cost? Death. That's what the Bible says. Well, we talked about that. It demanded a sacrifice, but not just any sacrifice. The sacrifice of the blood was was what was required to pay for sin. But the blood of bulls and goats could only temporarily relieve sin, only temporarily give a reprieve. And so uh, God says if they could have worked for eternity, they would not have ceased to have been used. But they were only temporary measures. And each year you had to come back to a cycle of sacrifice so that sins could be forgiven, and again, we could begin a new day with, 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 with God. Uh, but Jesus came as that perfect sacrifice whose blood paid for all sin forever. Redemption module, the first 12, talked to us all the way about uh, water baptism, and we ended last week with lesson number 12 in the first module with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power that is available to every believer, uh, whereby God releases power from on high, powers of the world to come into our life and baptizes us and fills us with the Holy Spirit so that we might manifest his witness and his works to a lost and a hurting world. This week, we began module two, the next 12 lessons, okay? And module two, as module one was about redemption, module two is going to be about new creation realities. The next 12 lessons will basically tell us what we get because we got born again. What we get, what are our new creation realities? And tonight, the first reality that we're going to talk about, the subject of tonight, is going to be the subject of being in Christ, okay? It's the first lesson of the second module, and for those of you that are reteaching this around the world, you will recognize it in your little book or on our website when you download it as Module 2 with our Life Shape Prayer and Discipleship, New Creation Realities, Lesson Number 1 in Christ. Okay, and without further ado, let's go to our key scripture so that we can uh, uh, cover this subject of new creation reality. You'll find it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Now remember, this already supposes that in the last 12 lessons, you have decided there's one God, you have understood what sin did, you know that Christ paid for that sin. You understand that, that uh, there is salvation that you access by your trust in God. God's grace provides salvation as God's grace provides many good things. And we access that grace by faith. You also have heard about not only salvation, but you've also heard about water baptism. You've also found out that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You were made righteous. And we talked about Holy Spirit baptism. This presupposes that you have already learned about Jesus and you know that salvation is in him and him alone. You also heard that there was only one truth. Only one thing can be true. God is not afraid of your choices. In fact, he demands you choose. As Joshua said in Joshua 24 and verse 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you choose to serve someone else, Joshua said, serve them. If, if you feel Baal is God, serve him. 
You know, if you feel that, you know, the gods uh, that your father served on the other side of the, of the Jordan, if they serve them. But as for me and my house, we have made a decision. There is one God, his name is Jehovah, and he is the God I will serve. I trust you've made your decision. And uh, so now, what do you get when you get born again? Through the blood of Jesus, by your trust in the truth. When you access the grace of God and are saved, what do you get? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, you know, when you see the word therefore in the Bible, you see the word therefore, you need to look up above it and see what the therefore is there for, okay? And so uh, this therefore presupposes that you have made your decision to be born again. You have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, okay? And therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone has come into the anointed Messiah, if anyone has accepted Jesus as Messiah, if anyone, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a brand new creation, a new creature, some translations say. What does that mean? That means that God created something brand new. God did not, you know, God, uh, we know the, the six days of creation on the seventh day, God rested. But do you know every time someone gets born again, God creates again. A new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And the Bible says old things have passed away. That means his old life, their old life and old ways, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. As I said earlier, there are some new creation realities. And one of the things that God wants us to do is to wake up to the new creation that we are and some realities that have come into play because we are a new creation. When Adam and Eve were formed by God, Adam, from the dust of the ground, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. He took a rib from man and from the rib he fashioned a woman. And when Adam and Eve woke up in their new life, there were some new realities that they needed to embrace. There were some things they had not understood before, some things they had not known before, some things that they needed to learn in order to embrace the blessings and the gifts and the will and the ways of God. It's the same way when someone gets born again. There are some new creation realities. And our subject tonight for this Life Block lesson is the new creation reality of being in Christ. You see, being in Christ is a positional reality. That means this, when we get born again, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are moved into Christ, a new creature born again in Christ. It is a positional reality. From the moment a person is saved, God sees them as being in Christ. 
Now, we may not observe it with our own eyes as Nicodemus asked Jesus, what do I do to be born again? Do I enter into my mother's womb a second time? And Jesus said, no. You know what God was going to do when Nicodemus got born again? Rather than him being entering back into his mother's womb, he was going to see him in Christ. For it's in Christ we are saved. When we access the grace of salvation by our trust in God, we move into Christ and become born again, become a new creation in Christ. Old things are left outside of Christ and all things become new in our life. And there are some new creation realities that being in Christ offer us, some new creation realities we need to embrace. These brand new things. Uh, The past no longer controls or dictates our future. There are some brand new realities when we are born again in Christ. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him, talking about being in Christ, uh, uh, the first part of that scripture says, In him we live and move and have our being. Okay? Uh, why? Because it's in Christ. When we are born again and come into Christ, it is in him we live and move and have our being. It's in Christ. It's a reality. I know it may not at this moment, you, well, you may be saying this moment, what difference does that make? Follow me along with this because in being in Christ is a perspective that God evidently wants us to embrace. 77 times in the New Testament, the Bible refers to us as being specifically in Christ. That's quite a number of times. I think God has a purpose. If 77 times he's going to refer to us as being in Christ. Our new creation status is a position we occupy. It is a significant factor which gives us a very great advantage in life. God intends for us to live life and to take advantage of the position we have, of the relationship we have, and God intends for us to use this position to formulate our perspectives that we are in Christ. And it's from this vantage point of being in Christ when you're born again, you're not in Christ when you're not born again, being in Christ when you are born again, God intends for us to use that position to our advantage and for us to, uh, to embrace a perspective that will help us in life, the perspective of being in Christ. One of the first things that God hopes changes in our life is our image of ourself. For example, Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Once you were far off, but now you were brought near to God because by his blood you have come into Christ. It's simple. When you could do nothing about your situation and about your sin, Jesus did everything. But everything that God wanted done is contained in Christ. It is by God's grace that you access, you go through Jesus into Jesus and become a new 
creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it's from that vantage point and from that perspective that we live and move and have our being. It's in Him so that we can change things in us and those changes in us begin to change things around us. But if the devil, if the enemy of your soul can in any way keep you from trusting God's word or keep you from applying your advantage that you have in Christ, then he can often bring doubt, bring discouragement, bring to you reasons in your own mind why you might think God does not want to bless you, does not want to speak to you, uh, you know, is unwilling to help you. Throw those things away. Because the perspective, one of the first things God wants us to change is our perspective, our, change our mind about who we are and our position and our advantage of being in Christ. I know it's very simple, but when God made you a new creation in Christ, God sees you that way. You need to see yourself that way. We are not sinners trying to do right. You used to be a sinner, and you may have tried to do right. But if you live the rest of your life thinking that you are a sinner trying to do right, you have lost the advantage of being in Christ. Instead of you being a sinner, once you get born again, you are no longer a sinner trying to do right. You are the righteousness of God resisting the temptations of the devil. I know you could think that's semantics, but it's not. It is a positional reality that you have been born again. And as a child of God, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the devil is attacking your righteousness. You are not a sinner trying to do right. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus refusing to fall for the temptation of sin it's a different perspective and a great advantage because the enemy of your soul would like to tell you that nothing has changed but everything has changed you are a new creation in Christ you have been changed all things have ended and all things are new we're not the sick trying to get healed we are the healed by the stripes of Jesus, refusing and denying sickness to take this body. And it is a struggle and it is a fight, but we fight from a position of being in Christ. We fight from an advantage of knowing that Jesus took stripes on his back and I am in him. And in him, every promise of God is already settled. Yes and amen. And I know that even, all, even though all things are under his feet and I am in him, howbeit we do not now see all things under his feet, but I still see Jesus and I see myself in him. A finished work. And the Bible says that when I see him, I shall be changed to be like him, for I will see him as he is. It's a process, it's a struggle, it's a fight. But I fight from the vantage point and from the perspective that I have a right to health. It increases my faith 
It increases my strength. It's the perspective that God has given us that the devil does not have sickness, poverty. They do not have rights to my life. Even if I sin, I am in Christ. If I confess my sins to the Lord Jesus, he will forgive me of my sin. He will cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But being in Christ gives the devil no claim, no accusation, nothing he can do to bring me out of my position in Christ. It's not about the sin you do. It's about the sinner you are. And when you get born again, you are the righteousness of God. It's not the right and the wrong you do that puts you in a position as a candidate for heaven, that puts you in a position. It is by the grace of God and our faith in that grace, not our perfection. When I got born again, God did not make me lay my hand on a Bible and raise my other hand and swear to never sin again. He made provision. Not that we should sin so that grace might more abound. It's not an excuse for sin. But I am in Christ. And being in Christ, you know, I, uh, we are not those who shout louder, pray longer, or, or, or sing sweeter trying to get God to notice us. God hears my whisper, knows my every thought. He knows the number of the hairs on your head. That's not our motivation for singing louder or praying longer or, 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 you know, or, 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 or somehow working. We cannot work to get anything from God. When you get born again by grace, through faith, you enter into Christ. We put on the Lord Jesus. We don't do good works hoping that God will love us and let us into heaven. Rather, we do good works because God loves us and because we were created in Christ to do good works, which God before ordained that we should walk therein. You can read about that in Ephesians, the second chapter. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5. Let's continue there. I only got to the first verse. Let's read it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. Are you hearing what he's saying? You're a new creation in Christ Jesus, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are in Christ we are the righteousness of God. That passage spoke about reconciliation. To reconcile means to settle accounts. It means to balance the books. It means to make up the difference. You see, God was in Christ balancing the books, settling the accounts, making up the difference. That concept of reconciliation is as though that you, were, you, you had two coins. And when you trade coins, you reconcile. That's where the term comes from originally. To reconcile by trading coins. One coin worth more than the other one, so you make up the value so that there are no variances, so 
that the trade is equal. That's what God did through Christ. That's how he reconciled the world. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And we became the righteousness. God made an equality. He made up the difference. He settled the accounts in Christ so that there's no variance. God sees us in Christ. God sees us through Christ. Christ was the firstborn of many brethren. Okay? The firstfruits of the harvest. God settled the accounts in Christ. Important points tonight. Okay? Uh, tonight, our first important point for us to remember is to be born again is to become a new creation in Christ. Don't forget, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you become a new creation in Christ. A brand new creature. Point number two. God desires we live our life from the new creation perspective with the new creation advantage we have in Christ. We need to renew our minds to the new creation realities. And the first new creation reality we need to embrace is that we are in Christ. The devil has no claim. The world has no claim. No rightful claim. It cannot have you. That's the truth. We are in Christ. Point number three, this point basically will help us with these next weeks. The Bible will teach us these new creation realities. As you read the Word of God, as you go through the Bible, read them from the perspective of you being in Christ so that the Bible can teach you some of the realities, some of the truths of being in Christ. One of the scriptures in 2 Corinthians, and then I'll close. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, the Apostle Paul said this, But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Keep it simple. You're either in or you're out. When you get born again, you're in. Don't let the devil deceive you like he deceived Eve by his craftiness. Don't let him talk you into thinking that it's difficult or hard. Keep it simple. The simplicity which is in Christ. You are in Christ. A new creation reality.